Workplace safety programs of the future bring risk mitigation and prevention to the next level, including the ability to stop hazardous events from happening in the first place. Today on the Future Focus Terminal podcast, we'll connect with the industry-leading technologies transforming our ability to be proactive rather than reactive. Welcome back to the Future Focus Terminal Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Fairchild. Today, we're going to talk about the most important thing in terminal operations, safety. As terminal experts, we believe that every incident is preventable. And working together, we believe we can achieve zero incidents. That's why here at Con Global, we have a zero harm initiative. And joining me today, I have three guests that will talk about how we can work together to achieve that zero incident and zero harm. I'm excited to introduce Jeff Cease, COO of Predictive Safety, Jeff Hausman, Chief Product Officer of Samsara, Dan Slagan, Chief Marketing Officer of Tomorrow IO, and ConGlobal's very own Vice President of Safety, Training, and Operations, Warwick Nance. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. So great to be here. I would love it if each of you would tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Could I start with you, Jeff Sees? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, uh, boy, I've got a background in fatigue management and fatigue risk mitigation. We've been at this for about the last 14 years, lots of work all over the globe with uh, large industrial clients. We really got our start in the mining industry and uh, just super excited to be here and uh, work with you guys. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Jeff Hausman, your turn. Thank you. So Jeff Hausman, the Chief Product Officer at Samsara, responsible for our R&D product strategy and business execution. Samsara is an IoT company bringing technology and we're on a mission to help increase for physical operations customers, safety, efficiency, and sustainability of the operations for all of you who effectively power the global economy. Thank you very much. And Dan Slagan. Yeah, Dan Slagan here, Chief Marketing Officer at Tomorrow.io. And here I do all things go to market and helping our customers solve their weather and climate related challenges. Awesome. Thank you. And last but not least, Warwick, you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, Warwick Nance. I'm the Vice President of Safety and Training and Operational Excellence here with Con Global. I've been with Con Global for the last two and a half years, where I have the privilege of leading our EHS initiatives and strategies and um, been in the industry for 26 years prior to joining con global was with bnsf railroad done everything from switching cars to managing terminals uh, to leading service excellence uh, within the railroads where i was a third generation railroader so this is something that i love doing it's literally in my blood absolutely well why don't we start with you warwick can you tell us about some of the expectations that we've set here at con global when it comes to safety health and wellness of our employees absolutely it starts with zero harm um, and our zero harm roadmap is really a set of activities that guide us each and every day uh, it really establishes our culture the way that we educate and develop our coworkers, and then also how we come back and really measure how are we achieving expectations for our customers. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, the way that I would summarize zero harm is zero fatalities, mm -hmm. zero injuries, zero accidents, or we could also liken that with damage, 
And then thinking about the environment, it's really about zero environmental incidents. Absolutely. So tell me about some of the ways in which we actually achieve that, or how do we get there? Absolutely. So I think it, it really starts with our, our vision and our mission. Mm-hmm. So when you think about our vision, our vision is to be the world's go-to experts in terminal operations. And that's an aspirational statement, mm-hmm. as it should be. But it's something that you don't necessarily achieve that in one day. No. But that's what our mission really does for us. So our mission is to take care of each other, take care of our customers, and take care of our business, which is intentional. So when we think about that first step, taking care, that really does involve everything around safety. Mm -hmm. But what changes is it's not just simply talking about a set of rules or rule books. It's really about thinking about each person as an individual. Uh, So our mission is a way for us to come back and really measure, was I successful in achieving a step closer to that vision? Mm -hmm. So if we've done one of those, it's a good day. Absolutely. If we've done two or more, that's a great day. So it really comes back to our mission and a way for us to really calibrate how we're doing things. I love that we've used our mission to help us shape that. Absolutely. All right. So can we maybe talk about some of the tools that we've used to take some of those safety actions? Sure. Um, so I think one of the things that we did as an organization was really step back and thought about how the environment has changed. And I think we can all relate to COVID and the mm-hmm. impact that COVID has had. Uh, it really changed from a person just saying, hey, I'm not feeling well, to it was something that affected each and every one of us. Yes. And so what it's helped us really rethink is how we approach safety on a daily basis. So going from just simply the procedures in the workplace and focusing on the individuals that are doing that work. So it really comes down to mental wellness, um, Mm -hmm. also physical health, and then also coming back to the work that we do. And those are some of the things that we've really focused on in shaping how we're going to move safety uh, within the organization. Definitely. Yeah, we actually recently did a podcast in case um, you haven't had a chance to check it out on mental health um, not that long ago. So if you get a chance, uh, please take a listen. So in addition to the vision, mission, and safety pillars, well, actually, we haven't even covered the safety pillars yet. So maybe that's something that you can talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So the safety pillars, thinking about a pillar, what does it do? It gives us structure. So it really gives us structure in the way that we approach our day. And we have five pillars, and we design them to be really simple. Um, And we can also expand on those as our operations, as well as exposures, change as we go forward. Uh, But our pillars start with being fit for duty. And what does that really mean? It's, am I ready for my job today? So that can be the way that I'm dressed. Um, It's also the environment that I'm about to go in. Do I have everything that I need? And do I understand? So thinking about a quality briefing Mm -hmm. going into the work that you're about to do. Our second pillar really starts to move into the environment. So we're thinking about walking and climbing, being aware of anything that could cause me to have a potential misstep or, or cause harm to myself. Our third pillar is equipment operations. So this is now we're about to get into the activity. First question I need to understand is, am I qualified and trained on the work that I'm about to do? Mm-hmm. Do I understand this piece of machinery and everything that goes along with it? And now as we're into the work environment, it really goes into pinch and crush points, which is so critical in our work environments. It's constantly changing, and it's so important to be aware of your surroundings and where there's potential harm. 
And then our final pillar uh, is protection. And that can take on a couple of forms. Uh, So we always want to know who's first aid CPR qualified. Mm -hmm. And also in the work environment itself, it's making sure that if I'm in a track, is it properly locked out the way it should be? Is it secured? Or even lock out, tag out. So those are the, the pillars that we have developed as an organization to really frame up how we approach our day every time we get ready to proceed into work. Absolutely. All right. So what other ways um, are we protecting our employees from hazardous threats? So we're also really focused on being able to identify what are those workplace exposures. Mm -hmm. So some of the ways that we've been doing that is really helping uh, everyone to understand what are those exposures, how do I identify them, and then also how do we have controls against them. So in particular, we leverage the hierarchy of controls. Mm -hmm. Uh, which the first thing that we want to do after we've identified an exposure is really how can I potentially eliminate that? We always want to look to be able to eliminate the exposures. Sometimes that's not always the case, which moves us into can I substitute? Is there a better way for us to do that? And then I think lastly is really around our administrative controls uh, that really help us with how we approach the work, which comes back to our training. It's the way that we onboard. It's the way that we educate. And we've really spent time developing those programs to ensure that all of our coworkers are prepared as they go into the day. Very good. Thank you. I'm going to let you get off of the hot seat for a minute, and I'm going to take that answer that you just gave me, and then I'm going to turn the hot seat over to Jeff Cease. So when we think about being prepared for the day, one of the things that I think about is fatigue. So I think one of the areas that you specialize in, Jeff Cease, is the area of fatigue. Can you tell me a little bit about your predictive safety platform? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. Um, Predictive safety provides a couple of solutions to uh, Con Global. Uh, The first one is the technical term is biomathematical modeling in real time to be able to predict fatigue states in individuals based on leading indicators. And that's the data that we can receive through uh, the timekeeping system and through other factors such as job risk, job risk analysis. So the beginning of the day, managers and supervisors can understand if I've got a a crew of 20 people that I'm managing, I might have four people of those 20 that have a higher fatigue risk than others. And the whole concept behind that is then to identify those folks and not to send them home. I wanna be really clear on this. Um, Fatigue is a reality and it's going to happen. And you've got production realities, you've got all the other things and the pressures in the workplace. But if we can get a handle on where that fatigue risk is at and effectively manage those individuals more appropriately, um, promote alertness through efforts like countermeasures and providing advice on drinking water and knowing where to put people based on their potential risk, we can really reduce overall incidents and damages within, within the environment. So the, the second solution that we're bringing to um, Con Global is, is the alert meter solution. And alert meter is a really unique uh, assessment that, is detect, that detects uh, both fatigue and impairment. And when I say the word impairment, I really want us to expand our definition of impairment. When people hear that word, they immediately think um, drugs and alcohol and impaired from drugs and alcohol and those types of things and substances. Impairment is really a whole host of factors. Substances is one small piece of it, but fatigue is a very large factor when we talk about impairment. 
as is emotional distress and stress and home life things. So if your wife gives you divorce papers the day you're coming to work, that's an impairment. That individual is not going to be thinking straight. And so the other solution that we're providing with the alert meter is the ability to detect in a 45 second assessment that people do on a tablet computer and it's shape based, it's language independent, it's uh, demographic independent. You don't have any type of um, discrimination associated with it. And it was actually funded by the National Institute of Occupational Science and Health. And it allows workers as they come to work to play this 45 second game. And if they are not performing to their normal baseline behavior on this 45 second game, it will downgrade their fatigue status. And if they struggle on it a second time, it'll flag them as potentially impaired. The whole idea behind this solution is to really support the pillars that uh, Warwick was, was talking about in terms of are people fit for duty when they come to work? What is their awareness status when they get to work? Have they got the ability to stay aware of what's around them? Have they got the ability, their normal ability to stay focused? If they're working on a, on a dangerous piece of equipment, that ability to focus is really, really key. And when you start to look at the statistics out there on human factors, 80% of incidents are caused by human factors. And when you start to dig into those human factors, it's generally some form of impairment that has caused that, that to happen. So we really, we really drive towards, and, and ultimately our technology is to reduce incidents related to human factors. Awesome. So if somebody is fatigued, then what is the next step? So what do you do then? Somebody takes the test, it shows impairment or it shows fatigue. What do they do next? Yeah, and I'm actually going to correct some language real quickly. We be, we're very careful not to call it a test. Okay. It's an assessment, and we actually call it a game. Nobody likes to fail a test, right? That's fair. Yep. So basically what happens is if people struggle with the game, they're scoring outside their normal range. And the whole intent and purpose behind both the PRISM fatigue prediction system and the alert meter impairment detection system is to create conversations that would not have happened otherwise. If we look at the reality out there of supervisors and managers, particularly nowadays with the baby boomer generation starting to leave the workplace, we have a real labor problem with mid-level managers. And we've got mid-level managers that are coming into the workplace that aren't prepared to necessarily make the hard decisions and aren't prepared to have the courage to have the hard conversations with workers that may be struggling. And so, and I'm going to give you an example and a quick story of a client that came to us they had a gentleman that came to work. He was a 30-year veteran with the organization. And he came to work, and his manager was a 28-year-old guy that had just been promoted into that position. And the manager noticed that this guy wasn't behaving quite the way he normally mm -hmm. behaves. But this manager didn't have the courage to address this 30-year veteran and say, hey, you know, I'm a little bit worried about, me, about you. I want to make sure that you're okay to work today. So instead of saying something, the manager just let it go, thinking he's going to be fine. The gentleman got behind a red line in a manufacturing facility and got crushed by a piece of automated equipment. Yeah. It was a fatality. And in the RCA that followed that fatality, what they found out was this guy's wife had handed him divorce papers at the beginning of the day when he was walking out the door. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what our system is designed to detect. He's not in his normal state of mind. And what happens next is we give that mid-level manager 
the knowledge, the data, and an objective way to start a conversation with somebody to say, hey, I'm just a little worried about you. You struggled on the alert meter assessment. I want to make sure you're okay to work today. And from that point forward, all the policy and procedure that the safety department here at ConGlobal exists and it's in place because it engages the manager with the worker in a safety conversation to make sure that they're going to be okay throughout the day and ultimately to promote alertness. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, it's about, I want to make sure you're okay working today. You know what? I want you to check in a little bit more often with me. Um, Maybe take an extra break. Um, have you got any water in your equipment? You, oh, no, you don't. Let me make sure you got a couple, three extra bottles of water with you. Um, and then, you know, on occasion, you know, if we're overstaffed and I have an option to let somebody go early, I know exactly the people that I'm going to let go early today because I've got data at my disposal to tell me who's at risk. I love it. So your assessment, not a test, is a tool that basically helps our <laughs> leaders to identify when they see fatigue, and then really gives them an objective then tool that allows them to have the dialogue with their team members, and then know when to keep an eye on their team members and really help them take care, right? So again, to see if they, they're, you know, people need some help, maybe they need extra breaks, need extra water, or, you know, even if they really need to take, you know, some time. So that's fantastic. Yep. I love it. That's exactly right. And just as kind of a, a closing note on that too, is we really recognize that we are part of the safety Swiss cheese. Yep. You know, when, when you look at safety and again, back to the four pillars, there's all these different approaches. And we've got uh, the other Jeff on the call with us here. And, you know, that technology that Sam Sarah brings to the table, that's a, that's a complementary technology because fatigue takes many forms. And so what our technology is doing is saying, if I'm driving a vehicle, are you good to go before you get behind mm-hmm. the vehicle? And then we rely on technologies like Simsera once you're in the vehicle, if something is going on at that point. So yep. we really, we really complement all these different safety technologies as well as training and engagement. All right. Jeff from Sansara, now you're on the hot seat. I was going to go to Dan next, but, you know, it's just too natural to come over to you. <laughs> it's right <over> there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He teed you up. So talking again about the tool with Samsara in all of our vehicles. So talk to me a little bit about your tool and how it helps on our terminals. Sure. So Samsara has what we call the connected operations cloud. And before I get into the specific solutions, what's that, what that's doing is it's capturing, as I described earlier, Internet of Things data that can be video data, mm-hmm. it can be diagnostic data, it can be real-time telemetry data, And it can collect that from vehicles, other equipment and assets. And we take that data and we use and analyze that data to drive actionable insights. So when it comes to things like safety, there are a couple of key things I'll highlight. The first, we have a video-based set of safety capabilities. So that includes dash cameras and whatnot that are processing and collecting real-time data around video. Mm -hmm. And we're able to use AI and machine learning to analyze that and identify unsafe behaviors. These can be everything from distracted driving, Mm -hmm. tailgating or following distance, mobile phone usage, seatbelt usage, et cetera. We can combine that also with insights from the telemetry data around speeding or harsh events, harsh braking, harsh acceleration. And our goal is to bring all that together and then surface both for the driver in real time 
unsafe behaviors that might lead to an unfortunate situation, help them correct it in real time before something happens, as well as provide that same information to we'll call the safety management team, if you will, or the individuals in the back office who are responsible for looking at safety scores and benchmarks and trying to work with drivers to help them prevent accidents and exonerate them if something does happen inappropriately. Mm -hmm. All on the goal to drive safety and safety that also is part of driving better sort of, if you will, ESG as a safety component for our mm -hmm. customers. And as just a couple of examples, Shauna, so we've seen customers who've been able to dramatically reduce these inappropriate behaviors, mm -hmm. whether it's one customer saw 71% reduction in speeding or 70% decrease in stop sign violations. And they were able to, with, with these things, reduce backup accidents by 25%, saving them millions of dollars in legal expenses. And frankly, the most important thing, saving lives. Mm -hmm. But Hopefully that gives you a sense of sort of what our technologies are doing and how they're in use at Con Global. Absolutely. So I'm going to say one thing about something that you said that kind of caught my mind, and then I've got a question for you about some mm -hmm. of what you just talked about. So you had used the word exonerate. One of the things that I get asked by customers is, um, you know, how do your drivers feel about having this technology in your vehicle? And I will tell you that some of them actually really like to have it. And the reason why is if there ever becomes a question as to what happened, and there's actually video of what happened. And so they like to have that video there because it can show, for example, that they didn't do anything wrong, right? That they acted in a safe manner. So that's one of the things I just wanted to talk to today. But the question around some of the things that you just brought up, um, you talked about some of the results that you've had. So how can this tool be used to do some on the job training? Well, there are a number of different things that we, we can help you with. We actually have the ability to help drive what we call proactive driver coaching, right? Mm -hmm. That can be everything from, as I mentioned, these notion of what I'll call in-cab alerts or in-cab nudges where a driver's driving, we detect something, and we literally audibly tell them, mm -hmm. please put down your phone, right? We also have a, an ability for the team, let's say, you know, Warwick and the safety management team, to look at all the information that's happened and see which drivers are, are having various different types of situations or behaviors more than others, mm -hmm. helping guide an appropriate coaching program and a reward and a training program to say, boy, our fleet overall, we're doing great. People are not speeding, but our following distance, if we could improve that a little bit, we know that following distance can be a leading cause of potential accidents. Let's focus a program around how we improve in targeted areas. So it's using data to surface the things that we want the team to focus on or the things that we want to coach the organization on. And it's a continuous ongoing effort. You may improve in one particular area and then move to another, mm -hmm. or you may have different yards that have different behaviors that are the challenges for them. Some may be focused on things like mobile phone more than others who might be focused on following distance. So it allows you to address the problems that are the appropriate problems for the appropriate point in time. Does that help answer, Shauna? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So there was another thing I think you alluded to in one of your first answers, and that was sustainability. So obviously safety is critical, but another thing that we're focused on with zero harm is sustainability. Can you tell me a little bit more about how Samsara helps with sustainability? 
Absolutely. So one of the things when I talk about broadly the information that we're collecting, we are collecting a lot of information on all different types of vehicles, whether those are electric vehicles, whether those are fossil fuel powered vehicles. And we have ways of helping you understand potential suitability for which types of vehicles might be more suitable to convert or move to an electric vehicle situation or a, a different type of, of situation. So we provide utilization reports. We also help with things like idling. Mm -hmm. Idling can be a major problem. And in fact, if you think about the transportation industrial sectors, they account for about 71% of energy consumption in the U.S. So even 1% improvement can have a massive impact both on that energy consumption, but also carbon emissions. Yes. So we help you to understand and identify where you might be excessive idling, how that is also then contributing to your fuel uh, consumption as well as fossil fuel emissions. And we report all that to you so you can drive different uh, outcomes and behaviors. Mm -hmm. One of the things we've been working with Con Global and Warwick on is helping to understand what type of vehicles might be more suitable and then track the information about those. So we are working together. There is one of your locations has a uh, whole, a whole host of, uh, as Warwick would say, EV hustlers, if you will, and how those in the intermodal yards are being used to change how things are being done from a sustainability standpoint, as well as an efficiency and a cost standpoint. So doing good can also effectively be doing well. Yeah, exactly. I'd love you to talk more about that. Yeah, as, so uh, as we just think about, so the our EV initiative, that's part of our sustainability roadmap. But what I really love is what we can do right here now and in the moment uh, is when we think about idling. So Jeff hit on that. Uh, for us, we started a program here in the second quarter. Uh, comparing that to the first quarter, we saw a 4% reduction in idle time. Mm -hmm. We still have a way to go in order to get where we want to be totally for the fleet. Uh, but that one percentage point, every one percentage point represents about 83 metric tons of CO2 that we are able to reduce from being in the environment. And then we just think about fuel conservation. Um, those are some things that we can do right here and now. And Samsara has given us the visibility that we need to be able to execute on our goals. Yep. And, and it gives our terminals visibility as well. So when we think about what we're doing from a safety perspective, so there's your safety performance, how are we driving in the terminals, and then there's also what's the effect on the environment. And we have that all in one place. Uh, and being able to tie that together with these other technology initiatives that we have mm -hmm. is really allowing us to do some things that we want to do, which is not be reactive. So I love the name predictive safety because it lines up exactly with what we're trying to do to move from being a reactive organization to an organization that is proactive and in front. Uh, and, and both of these technologies really help us to do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jeff and work for going into a little more detail there. But now it is time for Dan to be on the hot seat. So we have another tool that we like to use here at Con Global, and that is tomorrow.io. So Dan, would you tell our listeners a little bit about tomorrow.io? Yes. So we are the world's leading weather intelligence and climate adaptation platform, and we help uh, customers across a host of different industries rail, trucking, intermodal, all things transportation, really understand first and foremost how the weather is going to impact their operation in advance mm -hmm. of impact. 
so that they can implement proactive protocols to make sure that one, they're mitigating any safety risks, but also they are optimizing for operational efficiency. And we're doing a bunch of things that are pretty cutting edge that we're excited about, you know, on the weather forecasting side. I think at this point, everyone is seeing weather is in the headlines every single day. It's a global trillion dollar problem. It's a safety risk. It's an issue everywhere. And so the first thing we're doing is one, improving the way that the world can forecast weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not to go too much into it, but over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, for the most part, we've used public weather models. Uh, and that's what we've relied on. And what we are doing is we take public weather models, but also we run our own models and we look at private data and we even build and send our own satellites up to space to produce the world's most actionable and most effective forecast anywhere. And then more importantly, we take that better data and we translate it into predictive actions. So instead of just saying windy across Dallas today, we're just Mm going to say stop the train, slow down the trucks or something along those lines. And we align that to every operating protocol that you and yourself have, uh, as well as the customers that we work with. Speaking of satellites, don't you have some pretty impressive partners these days? <laughs> we do. So we it's pretty fun. We have spent the last two to three years really asking our question, asking a question of how do we improve weather forecasting and really what's the problem? Mm-hmm. And the problem that we understood was that the best place to forecast weather is from space. There's one satellite that's been in space for the past 10 years, and it's able to refresh its data once every three days. So if you ever wonder why they send an airplane to the eye of the storm, it's because they can't wait another three days to get refreshed data. Mm -hmm. And so what we found is that the issue was around radar. We couldn't figure out a way as an industry to get radar on a satellite in a relatively cost-effective way and surround the globe with it. Um, We saw that problem. And... Over the last two years, we've been building our own satellites. And in the past three months, we actually launched our first two. Uh, both went up with, with SpaceX, and they're now mm-hmm. in orbit and, and operating. All right. So you have actionable insights and alerts. And so how can those relate to safety? And can you give us some examples, maybe? Definitely. First, on the forecast side, I mentioned that three-day data refresh rate. So our satellites in space are going to reduce that from three days to about an hour. So just to give you a sense of how much more we're going to be able to, to, to focus. Um, and the translation of that data is super important. So whether we're working with you all on intermodal or at the depot or on auto-related mm-hmm. um, issues, it's not going to be around a weather forecast. It's going to be around a predictive operating protocol about what to do and when. So to make sure that if there's going to be any high winds in the area, that mm-hmm. no containers are going to blow over. Yes. Or if they are at risk of being blow over, we know what to do in advance so that no one is getting hurt and also no assets are being damaged. Exactly. And so we're doing that across all the different operating protocols that, that you have. Yep, that's the exact story I was thinking about. If you didn't tell it, I was going to. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, again, we see it everywhere. I mean, you look now, We've there have been some big stories in the news this year, whether it's been, um, you know, trains derailing. You know, mm-hmm. we, we know that a train is going to derail oftentimes or sometimes because of weather. It might be going at a certain speed at a certain grade and you have a crosswind that comes out of nowhere and knocks it over. We're able to see that down to the mile marker. So we know you either need to speed the trains up or you need to slow it down. And more importantly, we're able to take all the different weather signals and consolidate it down to one single source of truth. So if you have multiple managers located in different parts of the country or the world, they're all using one platform and making the decision on one platform as opposed to looking at 
at different weather signals or different uh, weather data points. Yep. So if you were to say how it gives a terminal operator a competitive edge, what would you tell a terminal operator to have your product? First and foremost, you know, over the course of the next week or two, you can just come in, look at a visual screen of any location that you have and first understand which ones are going to be at risk of weather. And you can see whether it's, you know, yellow, red, blue, where you need to focus. Mm -hmm. Then you can dig in very quickly, understand what you can do to either mitigate that or to improve your operations to avoid any type of a a delay or a safety hazard. So there's no more reactive sense going on across your operations. Everything can be turned into proactive and everything can be aligned to corporate goals. So you all talked earlier about whether or not it's reducing, uh, you know, fatality risk or injury risk or asset Mm -hmm. risk or it might be around ESG and sustainability. We can solve for any types of those goals that you have at the corporate level on down and then bring it down to a tactical level so that each of your manager knows exactly what to do and when in order to hit those goals. Exactly. So Warwick, do you want to talk us through um, how this complements our zero harm initiatives? Absolutely. So when we think about our environments are so dynamic, the only Mm -hmm. thing that's probably more dynamic is weather. And so by us being able to have this complement of getting predictive information about what's going to take place, but more importantly, having specific insights that tell us exactly what we need to do. So every location has specific insights that guide them on exactly how they need to approach their day. Mm -hmm. So now we fold that in with our operations plannings for trains or even customer movements for trucks that are coming into the facilities. And we have this other layer of information that allows us to be that much more in front of how we're going to meet our customers' expectations. Absolutely. All right, so I think this was awesome. It was a good dialogue for our customers and gives us, a, um, all of our audience, including our employees, really a good perspective on safety. But I don't wanna be done yet. So I'm gonna each ask, or ask each of you the same question. I want each of you to give me and kind of some thoughts around what does future-focused terminal mean to you? And I'm going to start with Warwick. So for me, a future-focused terminal, the focus is still going to remain consistent around being a safe operation. So it's a safe operation that meets expectations for for our customers. Mm -hmm. The way that we're going to do that is by partnering with the best. So we're going to be the world's go-to terminal experts, For us to do that, we have to be partnered with the best, and we have chosen to do that. These tools put us in a position to see what we need to see in order to not be reactive, but be a proactive terminal. Mm -hmm. And these technologies also put us in a position to really transform the way that we do work. Uh, It's getting more and more challenging to find individuals who want to be working in rail yards at midnight in Chicago in the middle of winter. But these are all technologies that are positioning us so that we can truly transform how the work is done, but also how the supply chain moves and that we meet those expectations for customers. Good answer. All right, Jeff Cease, you're back on the hot seat. What does future focus terminal mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, from our perspective as a supplier and part of the Swiss cheese of safety solutions, Really what a future-focused terminal is all about is, is, is a mature culture that recognizes uh, the, the, the hazards of, of um, human factors and, and is proactively addressing those 
uh, through a mature safety culture and through an enlightened approach to safety. And I just have to honestly give uh, Warwick a, a real, uh, you know, kudos in his vision for how he's putting that together for Kong Global and really starting to see how to fit these various moving parts into that picture. Absolutely. All right, your turn, Jeff Hausman. All right. To me, the, the notion of a future-focused terminal is all about leveraging data. All three of us talked about bringing data to help harness sort of and drive actionable insights and improve the worker experience. So the worker experience and the way things are done are done safely within the terminal to work's point and efficiently. You know, I have this saying, and we have this saying at, at Samsara, technology informs and people transform. Mm -hmm. And all of us want to drive the technology innovation, which is rapidly changing and helping leaders run their business, but doing it to serve the people basically within ConGlobal and other organizations to drive those safe and better outcomes. Absolutely. All right, Dan Slagan. Yeah, those are great answers. I would say, you know, it's it's one that's adequately equipped um, to adapt to any business risk that's coming down the pipe and is able to adapt in a proactive as well as a, a real-time way. Uh, in, in, in the weather space here, you know, we kind of have a saying, you know, we often work with meteorologists and people will say, oh, why does a meteorologist need to use a weather platform? And we kind of I almost think of it like a hockey metaphor. You know, you think about a hockey player that's out there on the ice and they're skating around without a stick. What can they do? They can play a little bit of defense. They can skate around. Once you put a stick in their hands, they can they can adequately play defense. They can go on offense. They can collaborate. And we like to think of ourselves as being the stick. And so that's what we really do to try and enable someone to, to, to operate at their full potential. Absolutely. Well, unless uh, any of you have anything else you wanted to share with our listeners today, I think uh, that is it. So I wanted to thank you all for joining us and thank our listeners as well. I hope you all enjoyed our talk and that you'll subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want more information about our zero harm efforts, our services or products, please visit us at www.conglobal.com. Until next time, take care.